This podcast is an adaptation of the live radio broadcast of On Wisconsin, containing just the discussion segment. Next time, to catch the whole episode, tune in every Sunday at 3 p.m. on 91.7 FM Madison or streaming worldwide on WSUM.org. Thank you and enjoy. Today for On Wisconsin, we are interviewing two members of the Office and Professional Employees International Union, also known as OPEIU Local 39. Um, They represent office workers at Madison Gas and Electric, also known as MGE, and other locations. Um, MGE powers a lot of the houses around Madison, especially student student housings. So the union and MGE have been bargaining a new contract since April, but... MGE has been sending their proposal directly to union members, which is bypassing the union representatives. So it's basically all about racial and gender pay disparities. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the union, the contracts, and the rally that happened today. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to introduce yourself, your names, your role with the union, that'd be great. Uh, my name is Kelsey Hahn. I am the chief steward of uh, OPIU 39 at Madison Gas and Electric. I work in customer data services at Madison Gas and Electric as well. My name is Nicole Childress, and I am a customer service representative. Nice. So could you explain the backstory of this contract? Like, for those who don't know what this is, like, how long has it been being discussed? What is its purpose? And how did you get involved with it? We have been negotiating since April or so. Um, I've been the chief steward for about a year, um, but I have been a steward for a long time, and this is actually the third contract I've uh, been a part of bargaining with MG&E. And it's just been, it's been a little different this time. You know, they, they've always, when they'd bargained in the past, they always did it with their own people. They brought in this, like, anti-union law firm. They haven't been at the table, but they were who, like, signed off on the paperwork for it, and we saw that and kind of went, ooh, that seems like a bad sign. <laughs> it's it's actually a firm that has been used, uh, Littler Mendelssohn, that has been used for, like, union busting at Starbucks and, like, a lawyer that our local has seen uh, causing problems at other units. So that kind of got us off on the wrong, like, that just kind of set us off feeling a little nervous to start with, and it just, it hasn't gone well, um, you know, and it's been very... You know, we've made some progress over the last six months. I don't want to say that, you know, we haven't gotten anywhere. But when it comes to just really bottom line things like wages, <laughs> you know, and getting retro pay back to the, the back to the time of the contract, which we've always done, um, the company has just really been dragging their feet. You know, we've been they've been looking at about the same percentage increase for the majority of the union they haven't changed that number since july and since that time uh so there's there's uh multiple unions at mg and e uh the field staff the guys you see out you know the trucks you see rolling line and pole those guys those guys are all uh ibw represented which is electrical workers and then our unit represents about 80 to 90 people, and it's call center, billing, accounting, operations support, uh, mapping, like just of a really big variety of kind of a grab bag of admin roles at the company. 
so we represent kind of a variety of these offers, a handful of field ro roles as well, meter readers, things like that. Um, but, you know, and our unit is demographically quite a bit different from a lot of the other unions at MGE, you know, the trade, and this is not uncommon, but, you know, the, the IBEW is mostly men. It's a lot of these more higher paid, mostly white men, a lot of higher paid field roles. I mean, it just is very, it's very kind of uh, homogenous as a unit, I guess. And... Our unit, compared to both the other unions and compared to the company at large, um, you know, we are about three quarters women, which uh, the company did me a nice little favor the other day and put a little thing on their internet for some internet for some kind of uh, women's leadership month, whatever, and gave me the stat that tw only 27% of the company overall is women, which is actually lower than I would have guessed. Um, <laughs> but thanks for that. And... Um, you know, over somewhere between a third and half of our members are people of color as well. So we have a pretty diverse union. And and that, um, I don't have the stats for that for the company, but I have eyes. <laughs> um, and just, I mean, just when you look around the company, it's very, it's not a very diverse company. And so we just, we look a lot different than a lot of other people at the company do. And so as these negotiations have dragged on and they have you know, been willing to bargain more with IBW on wages and uh, USW, we have a handful as well, and they were willing to bargain with them and give them similar to IBW. And it's just like, what's what's different? Why are we so different? Why are we being looked at so differently from these other, even just even union workers at the company? And so it does start to feel <laughs> at a certain point of that, you know, like, is it, is it because we're so demographically different? Is that, is that what's happening here? Because it's sure something. Yeah. Yeah, so who is um, represented by OPIU Local 39 at MG? Um, we cover uh, about 80 to, we have about 80 to 90 uh, members. And we cover uh, all of the call center as well as uh, customer billing, accounting, Mapping, operation support, GIS, uh, meter reading, just a very, we have a, we cover probably a dozen different departments where we have a handful of people in. The call center mm -hmm. is our biggest. Yeah. Um, so uh, we have quite a lot of variety of roles. Um, so. Yeah. So <laughs> lots of like, lots of different people. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, a lot of people too, you know, you know, when you think of, you know, the face of the company or whatever, you know, I mean, the, if you call in and talk to somebody at m and and e like our call center is who you're talking to, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's who you're, that's who is on the other end and who you're working with for that. And, you know, we are, we are a local, very local company. I mean, we all live here. We all live in the Madison area. You know, it's not a company that's gone to, you know, scattered all over the place. And so, you know, we, you know, we're part of this community as well. Yeah. So it's it's something where MG&E has talked about being this community energy company. And it's, but then you have to look and like, okay, well, what does the community look like? And what mm -hmm. do we look like? And what, you know, how do you uh, approach that fairly? And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I read in the press release that was sent out that MG&E 
was sending their proposal <laughs> directly to union members and then bypassing union representatives, which is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, known as direct dealing. It is definitely, it was very, we were talking about it with the business rep and we were like, this doesn't, what, like, we probably couldn't, like, file a charge and win yeah. on this being direct dealing, but it sure is dancing on the line of it. It's very, it, it, it it's not a tactic we've ever seen from the company mm-hmm. before. And, you know, it's one of those things where <laughs> it was interesting to me because the the way that they talked about it in these emails very much had this tone to me of, like, you know, your your big bad union bargaining committee has gone rogue and is keeping our wonderful proposal from you. And, you know, I've been working really hard to be communicative with my members, and I've heard that from members. And the part that's kind of – and so they've done this twice now. They did it once at the beginning of September, and then they – did it again at the end of the month to try to kind of pressure us into taking a quick vote, um, which I wouldn't have wanted to do for a contract I liked. Mm -hmm. Um, But the funny part to me is, like, (sighs) I'm both, like, conceptually I'm very opposed to it. It's not a good thing. On the other hand, it's, I guess, thanks, because it's been really good organizing for me. (laughs) Every every time they've done this, um, our members have not responded i think the way that they you know they they framed it like they were expecting members to come to us and be mad at us and instead members have been coming to us being mad at the company um so it's really kind of gotten people fired up actually and fired up and in support of the union um which has been really cool to see so the second time that they did it actually um a number of members uh wound up responding directly <laughs> um, to that email that they sent to all of to all of membership, which it kind of kicked off organically. Like the first handful of people who did it actually just like did it. We didn't ask them to do that. And, you know, certainly once it started, we encouraged it. And uh, we weren't because I mean, I thought it was we thought it was really powerful. And Lacole was actually one of the members who did reply like that. So, um, you know, that's it's something where. It's been it, when it was really impactful to hear our members speaking out like that directly about what their experiences are um, as an employee of MG&E and, and sharing that with management as well as with the rest of the union. Yeah, it sounds like it might have had the opposite effect <laughs> for them, but maybe a good effect for you. So going more into the workers' perspective on this, what kind of disparities were, the, were or are these workers facing? Um. So I will kick this to Lacombe momentarily yeah. as well. I would love to hear some stuff from you on some of that. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. You're like, oh, no. But so I will say this is if you look at the company as a whole, on average, we are the lowest paid employees, like compared to both other unions and to non-salaried workers. Um, so so there's that piece of it. And, um, you know, I would say... It's just, I mean, it's a very, and it's a very high, it's, it can be a very high stress role. I mean, you're taking emergency calls and all of these things. And so, you know, the fact that we're also, we're, we're some of the lowest paid employees doing this is like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I can piggyback off of what Kelsey said. We are the lowest paid ones, but we do most of the work. Um, I think 
I would take it as the call center is really the heart of the company because we are their first contact through the company. We are always their first contact if they want to get up to corporate or anything like that. So I feel like the call center that I work in, we're literally the center of the company. So I feel like if that's the case, we should be getting paid more um, than people that don't have any conversations with customers or don't really do anything as far as for with supplying the customers with their needs. Um, I feel like with our job, it is very stressful. I do my job as well as other projects on top of my job duties that I am supposed to be doing. So I feel like I should just get paid a little bit more than what I am right now <laughs> because, as she stated, I did reply to the email um, about just things that I went through before I started working at the company. Um, when I got hired at the company, I was actually homeless with my son. So I was jumping from couch to couch. And so to see a job that was paying that amount, I mean, I had to take it because it was my first, you know, opportunity that I had. Um, when I first started there, I did catch um, cerebral palsy. Um, and so I was under a lot of stress from outside of my personal things. And then as well as just going through training, having to remember all of that. Um, so I just feel like it is a very stressful job that you have to do, um, and as well as just maintaining your personal living, like, that you have to go through, like, especially with a person that has a child, like, yeah, it's a lot to go through to make the money that we do have. I've been trying to save for a car since I've been working at mg and it has not happened. <laughs> Every time that I try to save, it's always something else that comes up that I have to use that money for to pay for something else, and then it's like, I'm back in that hole, so... The whole time I've been working at mg I've been Ubering. So <laughs> it's like trying to save for stuff and like trying to also pay for the necessities that my child needs or anything like that. Like it's just it's a lot to take in. And then just to see them say that, you know, they did their best and that that's their best offer. It's really just like, is it really, though? Like it was literally a slap in the face to me, honestly. Yeah. And to, big, to piggyback off that a little as well, you know, our... Um, our last contract was a little bit longer than ones we've done in the past. We did a five-year instead of a three-year because they were in the midst of this big uh, software project that has been very unpleasant for all of us. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, as part of that, we tried to build some protections into that contract for inflation, but I don't think anybody predicted what things were going to look like the last few years, right? And so we didn't keep up those last two years of the contract with what inflation was happening and what and how costs were rising and um then you know a lot of us that then you know many of us haven't gotten a raise like since may of 2022 at this point certainly since may of 2023 none of us have so like um we just feel like we've really fallen behind you know it, it it's and at the same time you see cost of living rising dramatically in Madison, rents rising dramatically mm -hmm. in Madison. It just, it gets harder and harder to get by here and it gets harder and harder to save and to um, be able to sort of build yourself up. You know, when I started at the company, um, I originally, I took a part-time job when I first started, which was actually a pay cut for me, but it I saw it as this opportunity to build a career in this place that f seemed really stable. And um, you know, I've been there about a decade and over the first, you know, several years of my career, I was able to save and I was able to be able to put money aside. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to even be able to buy a home. And I, I've, 
And so I had these things that were opportunities that were afforded to me by this job. And I see the people who are coming up after me who started it later than me. And I don't see that for them. I, I don't I don't see it being the same kind of life sustaining job that it had been in the past because it hasn't kept up. So that's really that's really sad to me and that's really disappointing and I don't want that for my members. And so to see the company then turn around and say, well, you know, we think you guys are doing pretty good and we think that this is good enough, you know, to hear that from a bunch of people who make twice what we make is just like, is really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if I'm understanding correctly, the main goal of this contract is to get pay raises for individuals, right? Yeah, I mean, there's been some other things that we have been negotiating around. We have been trying to get um, some better protections around health care costs mm-hmm. because that's obviously something that really impacts, you know, that's something where the company the company goes, well, you know, you had, over the years past, you had raises that were above inflation, so it shouldn't matter if you have raises below inflation now, but at the same time, you know, They've also been shifting more and more healthcare costs onto employees, and those costs have been going up. So, and that's something outside of inflation. So, um, that's something we had been concerned about. Um, we had been co- during this software project. They had brought in a lot more like temps and contractors and consultants and all number of people, and that was something we had raised concerns about. And they won't even like engage with us on that. Like we can't even get a counter out of them on that, let alone, and. <laughs> and and they keep saying, well, we just don't think it is a problem. And we're going, well, we've been telling you it's a problem for seven months. So clearly it is at least something where, you know, you need to <laughs> – it, and it, 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 they won't even – like, and that they won't even ca- – so there's things like that where they just, like, won't even engage with what we've been concerned with, you know. But there are – I mean – there's things that we that we've gotten done and there's things that we've gotten improved you know some better shift differentials for different times things like that um some improvements to the vacation amounts i mean there's there's things that are done that are good and we're at this interesting point because it feels like this contract in many ways like it could be close to done and yet it's not you know when i have people i've had members ask me you know how far are we and it's just like we're very close, and yet we're very, very far, because until those wages move, mm-hmm. we just can't even talk about any of the rest of it. And it's like, you know, if those wages move, if, if those wages moved, then some of the other things that we still have concerns about, I mean, that's not that they're not concerns, but it, was, it would at least be take, worth taking to my membership to vote on. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but without that, I mean, I surveyed our, I surveyed my members kind of in the midst of the company sending all of their proposals out, and three quarters of them said they wouldn't vote for it with those wages. So then the company, you know, sent it to everybody again with all these, all this pressure, saying like the union needs to hold a vote in the next forty-eight hours to ratify, otherwise this offer isn't even valid anymore. And we're just going, I'm not gonna, I mean, you can't even get everybody in the room mm-hmm. and you can't even get everybody input on it in that kind of a time frame. I wouldn't, if with a contract I liked, I wouldn't want to do that. I'm certainly not going to do it with one that I don't think meets the needs of our mem- my members, especially when my members have already told me that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so as members of this union and employees, 
what other support are you looking to see from this contract? And like, ideally, when would you hope to have negotiations wrapped up? Obviously, I know you just said that <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to take a while, but... I mean, like I said, though, it, it could take a while or it couldn't. Yeah. I mean, we're so we're meeting with the company next on November 13th. And um, so we really have been working to try to get um, some visibility and engagement and member engagement. Because like I said, too, you know, a lot of the companies messaging to, in general, um, to employees as well has been that, like, this is all the bargaining team and not the members. And so we're really trying to make it clear to them that, this, no, like, this is all of us and this is what we want and this is what we need out of this contract and hoping that that maybe makes them hear us, you know. So we're meeting again on the 13th and we have a couple more sessions scheduled in November. And, you know, we're very much at a point where, we feel like we've moved enough. <laughs> we've already we've already compromised enough and we're kind of going, you know, it's it's kind of your turn and we told you what we need. <laughs> so, you know, if you're willing to offer us that, then this could go pretty fast. Yeah. And if you're not, then I guess this just keeps going, which stinks so it, it, it is something where it could be done either very quickly or very slowly depending on whether the company is willing to actually take our concerns seriously yeah. yeah I feel like I've gained a lot of support from Kelsey and the other union workers um, I feel like we have a chat that we do use um, and I feel like they update us on everything um, I feel like Everything that they're doing with the bargaining and things like that, I feel like they're doing an amazing job. We are grateful for Kelsey and all the other members that are doing what they are doing for us because I just feel like if we didn't have them, we wouldn't have a voice because I feel like the customer center is really, I don't think it's like appreciated for what we do do in the company. Um, so I, I really appreciate Kelsey and all the other members that are working for us and fighting for us for what we actually deserve because like she said we haven't had a raise since may i recently got my um i think it's the yearly raise yeah, the from step raise. yeah mm-hmm, that one and i mean it was a little it wasn't enough you know for me just because i just got my rent um certificate um not rent certificate but um lease renewal, lease renewal and it just went up 150 dollars. so it's like normally i don't have a heart attack when i get those <laughs> but this year i definitely did just because i budget out my money and i you know do things like that to make sure that i have everything that i do need and i am one of those ones that go throughout the year to see to make sure that i make my rent on time and i calculate through everything and it's like this year i just i just don't see it happening on making you know all my bills on time and things like that so i just i don't know i feel like i get a lot of support from the union um as well as all the other members that are working hard for us we appreciate them a lot yeah. Yeah. So speaking of support and community, there was a rally this morning at the Capitol at 9 a.m., yes. I believe. Um, so how did this go? I know we were talking about this a little earlier of yeah. who was attending. Um, how did it go? And what was the public's response seemed like? Um, so we uh, put together this rally with um, some OPIU members at uh, CUNA Mutual True Stage as well, um, Starbucks uh, Union, Madison Sourdough, SEIU, uh, UW Nurses, um, and uh, what was it? There's a IUPAT, like a bunch of other unions, and we kind of put together this joint solidarity rally um, 
and I had attended sort of a similar rally that uh, just the CMG True Stage folks had done this summer. Um, and it was a really cool experience. And this was really even cooler because it was even a bigger group of them. You know, it's it's really we you know, we took we came down the hundred block of State Street and we did, did a lap of the Capitol. And, you know, the public is super supportive. And it's always just really cool to see, you know, people are waving and smiling and um, it, it's very cool to get that public support. Um, and I think it's important to have that visibility. You know, there's so many. There's so many unions in the Madison area that have been kind of working to get get their feet under them, either to get a first contract or um, who are trying to get a new contract and are still in those kind of difficult negotiations. And um, I think it's just really important for people to know that that stuff is out there. You know, like the the UW nurses are actually a great example because they had that really big visibility a couple years ago. You know, there was that uh, there was that strike or what thing that they did. I mean, they had had this really big action and there was a bunch of really big community awareness around the UW nurses. That was just for them to get a seat at a ta at the table to bargain a contract. That was not them getting a contract. That is still happening. <laughs> they are still fighting to get their contract. So, you know, with with a lot of um with a lot of labor stuff, you know, I think you end up having visibility at these certain kind of key points. But it doesn't mean that those fights aren't still ongoing. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's good to have some acknowledgement and visibility of where um, different workers are in those projects of trying to work together. You know, it's been, I think, this summer and fall, this, this has been very, this year has been a very kind of labor-intensive year, um, generally, I think, in the public in the public eye, you know, with UPS and with UAW and um, all of these big kind of national level um, member actions that we've been seeing. And um, I think it's just something that there's been a lot of general awareness of right now. Yeah. So it's been an interesting environment um, to be in, you know, with with MG&E, we've, we've had a union for a long time and it's been a little sleepy at times, you know, it's, 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 it's easy to just kind of coast. And so when I, when I came in as chief steward, um, I did really want to try to get that member engagement and really be, try to keep people in the loop. And, um, I've, I've heard that I've been doing that, you know, I look like the Cole said that earlier and I really appreciate that. And I've heard it from members as well. And it is something we're trying to do because I mean, ultimately, you know, there's, you know, I, I'm I'm the chief steward, you know, then we have the bargaining committee, whatever else, they're stewards. But I mean, ultimately, we're all workers at the end of the day. We all also work at the company. The union, the union is the people in the union. The union isn't the leadership. The union is everybody. And, you know, that's whose voices we're representing as union membership. And so we want need to make sure that we're doing that and focusing on what members actually need. And I think we are. Um, but that's something where you know, the more of us who make our voices heard, the stronger we are, because it really is all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to add about the rally or? I, I did not um, participate That's in the rally today. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, I had to miss it due to my son's class. Um, 
But I seen the pictures and it looks like it was very powerful <laughs> with everything that everybody did. I even seen um, one of our customer service representatives, Padau, her baby was holding a sign. Yes. So it was so adorable um, just to see we're starting them young and, you know, that's all <laughs> that matters. So it was very powerful just looking at the pictures while I was there, just looking at them and just seeing how our community is pulling together and our union reps and, you know, everybody around the company that is supported by union is just coming together because we're still remote, so we don't get to see each other. So that's probably, like, first time anyone has seen each other in a while. So yeah. it was very powerful. Yeah, we have kind of a mix where some of us yeah. are hybrid and, so, and mm-hmm. we have some people who are home agents like Nicole who mm-hmm. are mostly remote. So, yeah, like, um, th- like there was one member who came out who for the rally, a couple of people who came out for the rally today mm-hmm. who um, I think are also in those – home agent roles and yep. I was just like oh I get to like actually meet you mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah we rarely see each other with us being home agents so yeah, it's definitely nice to see everybody yeah so as we wrap up today is there anything else you'd like to add or like points I missed you know we've been the last month or so too you know it has been a very it's been a very weird month so you know as part of sending the company had had this this offer that they sent out at the end of the month, they were saying was their la- was saying was their last best final, but it also expired. Mm-hmm. So they so they gave us another one that's worse. So we'll see where that goes. But I mean, you know, the backdrop for all of this in this last month, where they were really pushing us really hard to accept this kind of crappy offer, the backdrop for all of this was their United Way campaign. And so you have the company talk, having these events and talking all of this big, ga- talking all of these big, ga- talking this big game about you know we're your community and energy company and we're part of your community and you should donate and you know and be, get involved and do all of those th- do all of these things and you know it's it's really it was not. It, Made me. F- it makes you feel a little cynical as a member because you're sitting there listening to the company talk, talk, do all this talking about how much it cares about the community, and it's like we're also your community. Mm-hmm. We also live here, and we're your community too. So what are you doing to help take care of us? Right. Because, you know, I, I also, I mean. I, I always don't I donate to things like that. I mean, I, I want to support my community mm-hmm. too, but, you know we're also here and so the company needs to also think about us when it thinks about how it's committing to the community and so um you know we have we have a lot of folks who i mean i think are right kind of on that edge too where it's like you make just enough money that you don't qualify for Mm -hmm. some of these aid programs and things like that but that doesn't mean that you're comfortable and it doesn't mean that you're able to build the life for yourself that you deserve yeah yeah yeah, I'm definitely one of those people um I've tried to apply for those you know things that are out there to help people but they always say oh you make too much but when I look at the paper and I look at my budgeting of my amount that I make a month and my bills and other necessities as far as for groceries and stuff like my last grocery order I just uh, placed last night was $345 so it's like the cost of stuff is just constantly going up and I need them to realize that that the amount of money that they're giving us just isn't enough for us right now. Like, we, rent's going up, groceries going up, things are going up, and they need to realize that, that it's not the same anymore as it used to be. So they need to give us more for us to actually be able, like, I've worked a second job working at MG&E on and off just to make ends meet. So then that way I could have 
leftover money to do things with my son. Like, I haven't had leftover money to do things with him in a while, to spend time with him um, on weekends that I do have off. Like, his last birthday, my check was, um, I normally get paid two days early. Um, and so I get paid on Wednesdays instead of Fridays. Like everybody else, my check didn't hit until like three o'clock in the morning. So we had to miss out on his birthday dinner and things like that just because I didn't have money in my savings or an emergency fund or things like that because I can't afford to. So we had to sit at home and eat McDonald's and watch a movie. To him, it was perfect. But to me, I want to give him a life that I didn't have. So doing that i need more money i need to be able to support him and do those things um and i just need them to realize that and the company you know and you talk about that cost of living stuff you know and they gave these higher percentage increases to people who already make more Mm -hmm. and we already make the least you know on average of anyone at the company so then for the company to say well we think you need even less is it's it's kind of it's 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 kind of appalling honestly mm-hmm. um to have the company look at the people who are struggling the most there and say well we think you're doing well good enough actually and but you know if if you're not struggling then then you can have more mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it that's it's a very um I don't even know what to call that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there any anything else you'd like to add before you wrap up? Um, I think we're pretty good. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, good. thank you so much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having us. This was fun. Yay. <laughs>